Hello and welcome to the second 49ers Notebook Podcast. I'm Mike Lerseth, Assistant Sports Editor of the Chronicle and Editor of our NFL coverage. Joining me again by telephone is colleague and 49ers beat writer, Eric Branch. Eric, good to talk to you again. Uh, good to be doing this. Yeah. Um, after the great escape on Sunday. Yeah, yeah indeed, indeed. Uh, and and we'll cut right to the chase here. Uh, the big news, uh, the 49ers have a win, uh, and it only took them uh, two games to get there, two weeks to get there last season. The first one, of course, didn't come until uh, the second week in November. So, boy, they are just way ahead of schedule. Uh, so, one and one, heading into a week three game in Kansas City. And the only thing we can say with certainty at least from my view, is apparently Jimmy Garoppolo is human, perhaps more so than uh, many of us thought. He isn't perfect, but how would you characterize his play through the first two weeks of the season? Well, yeah, and I'm like many others, Garoppolo will be talking today and, and writing just about that. You know, week one he was too reckless, and he did, uh, on Sunday he was too cautious, and so he has not been just right like he was in, in 2017. Um I think part of it is, you know, the expectations were so huge, um, you know, and, you know, with good reason, he went 5-0, and he got the contract, then it was like, oh, now he knows the playbook. Now he's going to have, you know, he never threw a PR Garçon last year. Um, and so you just figured it would only get better and better. Uh, and, and, you know, so, so it hasn't. Um, it hasn't been, you know, at least to my eyes, horrible. I, I mean, passer rating is a... It's not the greatest stat, um, but I was looking at uh, Garoppolo's passer rating. It was 118-something on Sunday. That was the third-best passer rating in the last 43 starts by a 49er quarterback. Um, and so if, if Brian Hoyer, Frank Gabbard, even Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> went 18 for 26 for 206 yards, two touchdowns and no picks, you know, be dancing in the streets. Um, but, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, the numbers – you know, didn't quite accurately uh, portray, you know, Garoppolo's performance. And I think the biggest thing there is obviously there was an interception that wasn't an interception. Um, and, and for people that, you know, were watching that game on third and two, and, and you say, no, 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 you cannot throw that ball. Oh, you just did. Um, and that could have been a pick six, and that could have been, you know, the talk, you know, for the entire week of what's wrong with Garoppolo. Um, it, you know, it, it's, you know, th- there's still some of that talk, but it, it's, it, it's a bit muted. Um, is is it safe to say to what that it the, could have been? Were, were, are the expectations too high? I mean, in part because of the 5-0 and and, and like you said, the, the huge contract, are, are folks not being realistic and seeing that, you know, maybe the best will not come this year, but perhaps in year two, three, or four of the contract? Are they too high for this year? You know, I... Well, the, answer, the short answer is yes. They probably are too high and were a bit unrealistic. However, he do he he does have to play better, and I think he will. I think you know it's just kind of the eye test. You know, if you've been watching football long enough, and you've been watching Forty Nine quarterbacks of recent vintage long enough. You know, watching Garoppolo, you're like, okay, he has it, um, and, and he. You know, he is a good quarterback, and the 49ers obviously felt the same way. That's why he has a $137.5 million contract. Um, and, you know, you can make excuses, and there are a variety of reasons for some of the things that have happened. His pick six in Minnesota, Kendrick Bourne uh, ran the wrong route. Um, and, you know, without Marquise Goodwin for basically these two games, he got hurt early in the, in the Minnesota game. 
he has not had a very dynamic kind of field stretching, um, you know, pass catcher. And, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, was the, among the first to point out that the reason Garoppolo took so many coverage sacks, basically five of his six, you know, he just held on the ball because no one was open or he, he wasn't willing to risk a throw is just because the Lions played, you know, very tight, aggressive uh, man-to-man and no one could kind of break free other than Pierre Garçon a couple times. Right. Um, so, you know, it's it just the storyline has kind of changed. Uh, you know, last year in his, his five starts with the Niners, Garoppolo's TD to interception ratio was, you know, five to five, which isn't great, but it was kind of lost just because, you know, hey, five and oh, that's all that matters, right? right. Particularly when you take over a one and ten team. This year, his interception to TD ratio is, or TD interception ratio is three to three. Same thing, uh, but so the conversation is much different. You know, last year, uh, you know, all the talk was, hey, he's so good that he can, you know, take over this kind of shady supporting cast, and without Pierre Garcon, you know, he can make magic. And now it's, well, you know, he's struggling a little, and, and maybe if he gets, you know, Marquis Goodwin back, then that'll help him. So, you know, the conversation has changed a little bit. And and part of the conversation, part of the, the uh, interest that's being paid to Garoppolo, not by the public, but, I mean, defensively, you mentioned the, the coverages that he was thrown into and uh, and the things he's seen, in, in some respects may have opened up a door that, that 49er fans might not have expected, which was the running game. He, uh, Mike Breida had, or Matt Breida had a fantastic game on uh, on Sunday against the Lions. Had the 138 yards total, uh, 60 plus on the run, where you got the Pierre Garcon uh, convoy the last uh, the last uh, 20 yards. Alfred Morris added another 48. Um, they're not quite thunder and lightning, but uh, you know 186 yards combined rushing between those two guys isn't too shabby. Uh, what's what's your impressions of the ground game after two weeks? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Breida gets a, a little more of the workload. He's been, you know, by a very slight uh, margin, been uh, out-snapped and out-carried, I think, by uh, Alfred Morris the, the first two weeks. And I think, you know, despite the fact that he is the NFL's leading rusher now, um, you know, I think the Niners would prefer to kind of keep it that way. You know, I'm not sure you're going to see, you know, Matt Breida with 20 carries against Kansas City and Alfred Morris with six. And just because of the fact that Brita, I think he's listed at 190 pounds, uh, he might be a little heavier than that. Um, but that's that's not huge for an NFL running back. I'm not sure they want him, you know, to be a 20 carry a game guy just because he won't play 16 games if that happens. So I think they, um, you know, obviously will take what they got uh, Sunday from from the ground game. But I don't. I'm just not sure as impressive as Brita has been. And obviously, I think he is a little more dynamic as a runner uh, than Morris. Um, you know, I think we'll we'll see you know more or less an even split. Um, you know, so uh, in the next few weeks. Okay, very good. Let me let me ask you about something that happened before the game on Sunday. A word got out, and you wrote about it before the game. And uh, obviously, everybody was uh, chatting about it that the uh, the Niners had expressed interest in trading, possibly trading for uh, wide receiver Josh Gordon, then of the Browns. Uh, a lot of people know his background, troubled, uh, fantastic talent. I believe he was an all-pro, but uh, has trouble uh, staying clean and on the field, shall we say. Um, he wound up with the Patriots, which is, uh, in my mind, another coup uh, for Bill Belichick and company. You know, he's, he's looking at going from one of the worst teams in the league to being in a contention for a ring now. Um, 
from your standpoint, how serious was the Niners' interest in, in getting Gordon? Well, a couple of things that surprised me, I guess. One was that John Lynch, uh, you know, after years of dealing with Trent Baalke, you asked John Lynch, are you interested in uh, Josh Gordon? He says, oh, yeah, uh, we've made a call. We're doing our due diligence. I mean, <laughs> like, what? Didn't expect that, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's a breath of fresh air. Uh, but, you know, for, look, I'm not naive to, you know, talent trumps everything in professional sports. Uh, but the fact that the you know the 49ers have talked so much about establishing a culture and have um, divested themselves of a lot of guys who you know maybe didn't put football as you know the number one thing in their life, um, and you know the number the the number one rule in the locker room is protect the team and and there's all this talk about accountability and yes again I go back to uh, talent trumps everything. But the fact that Kyle Shanahan had been with Josh Gordon in 2014 with the Browns, Josh Gordon that year was suspended the first 10 games, played five games, missed a practice, and was suspended by the team for the season finale. Uh, you know, and this all goes, you know, to his whole career in the NFL. He really hasn't done anything since 2013. Uh, but, you know, there still have been those flashes. So I was surprised, uh, you know, I guess. I, or should I say, I, w- I would have been surprised if the 49ers had a-, a great interest and would have given up. They don't have a fifth-round pick last year, but had given up something like that uh, for Gordon um, just because uh, of what they're trying to create here. Um, and I think he would have gone, you know, acquiring him would have gone, you know, flying flying in the face of everything they've talked about uh, since Lynch and Shanahan arrived. Um, so my sense of things is that uh, they were doing just that, their due diligence. And yes, if you know, they could have gotten him for a conditional seventh round pick or, or you know something, or you know a twelve pack, uh, then they would have done it. Um, but uh, you know, Shanahan said they weren't that desperate. And, uh, you know, he basically said, you know, Patriots offered more, and certainly more than the Niners are willing to give up. Okay. So uh, playing off of the uh, uh, team first and the, and the character issues and things like that, it's week three for the Niners, but it'll be week one for one of their most important players, and that's Reuben Foster. Uh, linebacker had a series of well-profiled, well-chronicled uh, legal issues off the field last year. Uh, the result was a two-game suspension to begin this season. He's done that, missing the Minnesota game, missing the Detroit game, and now he's back uh, for week three. Um, will he be completely involved uh, in the game plan? Will they kind of work him back in? I know he was able to practice with them during training camp. Is that correct? Is, is he going to be all, all engines full speed ahead? Yeah, to the, the thing about talent and all that, yes. They're not going to say, hey, Ruben, you know, Elijah Lee is going to start this game, and, and then you get a few snaps. No, no, it's, it's Elijah Lee. Take a seat, Ruben Foster. You know, if you can play every snap, yeah, he he is going to be in there. Uh, you know, presumably he's you know two weeks he was away was uh, you know trying to keep himself in, in some level of decent condition, and he'll be ready to go. That that is certainly their expectation. So it'll be interesting. Um, you know, Shanahan. Did, you know, when asked, did not say Fred Warner, uh, you know, the uh, rookie third-round pick would be starting for sure. Uh, but I think that's, you know, more or less a foregone conclusion, even if Malcolm Smith is okay with his hamstring, just because Warner has been uh, so good. He wasn't quite as spectacular uh, last week as he was in the season opener. Uh, but I think, um, you know, certainly fans are, and, and the 49ers will be interested to see, you know, Foster and Warner together, because those are, you know, two 
young, athletic, sideline to sideline type guys, and you know, with speed. And uh, it couldn't come at a better time, given the fact that you know Kansas City's offense might, might have the best collection of speed in the NFL. Right, right, and and they're they're coming up against a Kansas City team. Uh, Pat Mahomes, ten touchdowns in the first uh, two weeks of the season, I believe. That's the first time any quarterback has ever done that, thrown 10 TDs in the first two, uh, two games of the season. The Niners' uh, uh, pass defense uh, on Sunday was a little shaky, to say the least. And at the risk of putting too bright a spotlight on one person, uh, from my point of view, it looked like uh, poor Akello Witherspoon had uh, one of the worst games by a Niner DB in, oh, I'll say a decade just for the heck of it. Um, he was being picked on for sure. Because uh, on the other side was Richard Sherman, and they didn't really want to go that way. The Lions didn't. But uh, uh, Akilo is is he playing for his job? Is he uh, was that just a shake it off and, and go get him next week? I mean, I know at one point he was pulled out, and Jimmy Ward went back in. Was that just to let him catch his breath, or is that something a little bit more serious? No, I mean Shanahan, who kind of like Lynch, he kind of uh, more or less tells the truth, which is. Uh, Shocking, uh, you know, in covering the NFL to get that from a head coach and GM. But, you know, he said, it, you know, it was crunch time, um, and, you know, he didn't spell it out like this. But, but, you know, basically he said, you know, he was struggling, and we needed to, you know, we needed to make a change to that position, make sure we won the game. So, you know, Weatherspoon was limited in practice with an ankle injury. Um, but, you know, everyone says, you know, if you're out there, then the expectation is, is you, you know, do your job. Yeah, obviously it wasn't, uh, and it just got rough. You know, they took him out because uh, there was a, you know, uh, I think a four-play sequence where he missed a tackle. Uh, then he was called for, for two penalties on, right. on back-to-back plays or, you know, something like that. Anyway, and earlier in the game a, he'd given up a touchdown, right? He got burned on the touchdown play into the left corner of the end zone. Right, he he bit on a play action and uh, Galladay uh, ran by him for a thirty-yard touchdown. Then he gave up. He had four yards of separation right at the goal line and gave up a five-yard touchdown to Marvin Jones, which was just incredibly easy. And it could have been far worse because Marvin Jones ran by him twice and Stafford overthrew him. Mm. Um, so you know, you saying uh, worst performance in ten years. If those if those throws were completed, uh, you know, you would be going back thirty years. Uh, yeah, you know, or, yeah. or whatever. So. Yeah, there was no way to put a, a you know, spin on it. it. It was a disaster. I don't know how much, you know, the ankle ha- had to do with it. Um, I do think it's, you know, sometimes you get in a situation like that and, and things just start to snowball. And it certainly did with him. So it'll be interesting uh, if he makes the start. You know, I think the, you know, wh- whether, you know, will be as, if he doesn't start, the Niners might say, hey, he's just not quite right physically. And, you know, whether that's, um, you know, the truth or not, or, or the fact that they say, geez, we're, we're playing the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Uh, let's see how Jimmy Ward can do. Uh, so it'll be interesting. We might uh, learn a little bit more here in the next couple of days about that. Okay. Before I let you go, i got one more question because I'm always interested. You know, you uh, uh, go around the country, obviously, following the team. Uh, and I'm wondering what the, the atmosphere in Kansas City is generally like. I think you've been there a couple of times. Uh, how would you compare... Uh, the fans who fill up Arrowhead with, uh, you know, say the fans in uh, in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago or any other place you go is the uh, uh, football is king, I'm guessing, this time of year in uh, Kansas City, huh? Yeah, I've only, just because the 
NFL rotation, I've only covered one game there, regular season game there in 2010, and then there have been some preseason games mixed in. But, uh, you know, preseason games, no one cares, and the atmosphere is pretty flat. That 2010 game was, uh, you know, an eye-opener because it gets loud. I don't know if that, that was Seattle loud, um, but for an outdoor venue uh, that doesn't have kind of, uh, you know, the acoustics, uh, you know, built-in kind of uh, way that Seattle, Seattle is built where, where the sound can kind of reverberate, um, it, it's loud. And then, you know, it, honestly, you don't get a whole lot of great atmospheres in the NFL. I mean, go to Tampa, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just like, you know, it just, not, not much is happening, you know, but so it's very rare to get, you know, what you would, classify as you know a college type atmosphere with that type of electricity and I, I think it will be even more ramped up Sunday because the Chiefs haven't played at home this will be their home opener and you know they're 2-0 and and Pat Mahomes is on pace for 80 touchdowns and no interceptions and you know <laughs> that might be a record obviously, I think that would be a record they're obviously going to the Super Bowl right clearly so, clearly <laughs> unbeaten 18-0 yeah I think 19-0 uh, yeah. I think the joint will be uh, jumping very good. Uh, and I know you got to get going. I appreciate you taking the time. So with that, we'll bring this edition of 49ers Notebook to an end. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Eric Branch again for his time, to Fernando Diaz for producing, and, of course, to all of you for listening. For more 49ers coverage, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Eric underscore Branch and at Mike Lurseth. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. And if you have some time... Give us some feedback. Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Talk to you next time.